Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, yo, what's up, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you're all having a wonderful day so far. I am having an awesome day because I literally cannot wait for all of you to experience the magic of this week's guest, Mr. Phil Fishman. So I've been wanting to bring on a crystal expert, a gemologist, somebody who has dedicated their lives to understanding and celebrating the magic of crystals and beads and gems. And when I met Phil, it was pretty clear that he was he had to be the guy to bring on. So to give you a little bit of a background on Phil, Phil is a gemstone expert, a crystal healing practitioner, and the founder of Beads, Crystals, and More. He's also a certified gemologist. He is the senior founding member of the National Association of Gem and Jewelry Appraisers, and has spent the last 50 years understanding, uncovering, and falling in love with crystals in all of their forms. Um, I met Phil through a friend uh, who, when I mentioned I was looking for someone to help me pick out crystals for my apartment, he immediately suggested Phil. And when I went to Phil's shop, it was pretty clear why. I mean, Phil has got such an incredible passion and connection, and he really does feel like a steward of these stones. Like He wants to celebrate them and use them and connect them with others so that we can heal. And I just loved this episode so much. We were sitting inside of his private museum that has artifacts and and gems and beads and malas from some of the oldest civilizations and cultures in the world. And it was just such an incredible energy to be in that space with him and talking about everything related to crystals. I mean, I've been wanting to bring a crystal expert onto the show for a while because I've been curious. I mean, I've seen crystals being used in different spiritual communities. I've seen crystals being used in different cultures. I've, I've known about the power of crystals and stones just as an idea that, I mean, they come from nature. So in that sense, there's something special to them that connects us with ourselves. And so I don't know why, and I don't know what I was going to experience in this episode, but it was such an incredible conversation. I mean, we talked everything from how to start working with crystals, how the different energies of crystals can communicate with us, how to use crystals to heal and connect with different rituals, how to pick your first crystals if you're getting into choosing crystals for your home or choosing crystals to achieve a specific purpose. I mean, there was so much discovered on this episode, and I just can't wait for you guys to dive deep into a very grounding conversation, pun intended, about how you can connect back with nature and remind yourself of the reverence of this life. And I just... I mean, Phil is oozing passion and love and, and, and just a heart of service. And I just, I'm so excited for you guys to get to know him. I'm so excited for you guys to get to know more about how stones such as crystals and gems and, and beads can be a part of your healing journey, your, your journey back to yourself, your, your, your journey to creating a more fulfilling life. So enjoy this episode. Um, if you're in the San Diego area, please go check out Beads, Crystals, and More. It's an incredible shop. I mean, I've been back several times now in a very short period of time just because I love the energy there. And I always end up leaving with something special in my pocket. So 
I'm uh, I'm excited about you guys getting to know this 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 wonderful man. And if you haven't already subscribed to us on iTunes or Spotify or any of the podcast apps, all that means is that every single time we release a new episode, it falls straight into your inbox. Oh, I feel like I've been talking really, really, really fast. <laughs> it's been a it's been a month. Um, I just got done finishing my end of the month reflection, and it just made me realize how much has happened. I can't believe it's already one month into 2021. So I hope you guys are taking a moment to just breathe, relax, and just connect with um, yourself as we begin this new month with new intentions. And if you feel so inclined, go pick up a crystal to kick off your month. And uh, all right, I'm done blabbering. Here is the amazing Mr. Phil Fishman. Enjoy. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you guys are doing great. Phil, my brother, welcome to the show. Real pleasure to be here. You know, everyone listening, I wish you guys could see some of the beautiful artifacts, culture, history, um, stones that I am currently observing and experiencing right now in uh, Phil's beautiful shop. I wanted to start with an idea for you, Phil. I already introduced you, so everyone kind of has an idea of who you are and, and your heart. But what about art, stones, artifacts inspires you to bring reverence into um, the appreciation of them? The easy answer is everything. The more specific answer. So I grew up in New Jersey. I went to a day camp and they taught us about the old Indian cultures on the East Coast. So here we are in native lands that have changed hands over centuries and so so growing up in the East and being familiar with native cultures there. My brother-in-law lives in Connecticut. He has land and he was introduced to some Native American elders who said that used to be our land. We used to have a sweat lodge on this land. So my brother invited these elders from the tribe in Connecticut and he said, if this was your land, this should be your land, though this is my home. You can have your sweat lodge here. And they built a sweat lodge, and he's now blood brother with the tribe. And so all of that culturally, artistically, relates back to the earth, right? Our native brothers and sisters respected and revered and were one with the earth. In our culture, we're not always that way. So it was through my dad that I got to look at nature and... Crystals came to me as a spiritual awakening when I was seven years old. So crystals have been a guidepost of my life for half a century now, more than that. And it connects to everything else on the planet. So it's our physical home. And then we've taken these stones and we've turned them into jewelry that we can wear, theoretically, for adornment. But for me, it's more for energy. It's more for the presence of the stones and the connections with the earth. In the last few years, earthing has become, you know, we've heard yeah. before everybody got shut down with COVID, people were saying, get outside, take your shoes off, right? your touch the, grass, touch yeah. the earth. Yeah. To me, that's what stones are. You know, stones are the earth. It's the planet. 
and I wear them and I carry them and I landscape with them and my home is surrounded with them and we just crystals are a pure and precious and powerful and energetic presence of our of our planet of the creation of nature yeah how do different crystals and to your best knowledge obviously like there's a lot about I think crystals we just don't know and never will know because they're such fascinating stones but like how do different crystals start carrying different energies that communicate with different people? Like, I don't even know if there is a science or if it is more of an intuitive art to connecting with the crystals in the way that you do. Like, I've, I've seen you with the reverence and to the, even the specificity of the stone and the story that's connected to the stone and and, and why that stone helps you feel a certain way with how it helps others feel a certain way. Like, I'm just enamored and fascinated by the way that, that I've seen you experience these stones. I think there was a question there, but I'm not sure. <laughs> well, the question, well, the question was, how are these stones able to carry, like, I guess, what makes them unique? Okay, so stones are chemical. Stones are atomic. Stones are molecular. Science, absolutely. Chemical science, earth science, molecular science, quantum physics. So the shape of stones is related to the molecular patterning internal to the structure of whatever the stone being is. Yeah. You know, Tesla said, crystals are living beings. We may not understand their life patterns, but they're living beings. So chemically, stones are different. That's why they're different colors. One might have chromium, one might have magnesium. One, so you've got the chemical elements of stones, which lead to the color, which lead to the vibration, which lead to the structure. So all of these things physically and energetically relate to both the stone and the creation of nature that nature puts into making that mineral, and it also then has a corresponding interrelationship with us. Some people, when they look at a mountain, are inspired like crazy. Some people, when they look at the desert, same thing. So not every stone is going to impact everybody the same way, right? It might be purples. It might be blues. It might be big crystals. It might be tiny crystals. I have very, very small crystals, and I have enormous crystals. So... Each piece is really individual, just like we as, as people are unique. The crystals are unique, and the way they relate to us and we relate to them are also kind of unique experiences. If someone was getting into crystals, how would you suggest they begin that journey of choosing or, or knowing which stone for which practice? Because you could go on the internet and read all the different healing properties of each individual stone and then talk yourself into a story around what that stone's supposed to be and where it's supposed to go. But what's the balance of knowing what a stone is supposed to be versus actually creating that meaning yourself? That's a good question. I think most people are drawn to the stones from a very deep unknowing. And when I say unknowing, intellectual unknowing but spiritually there's a connection mm. or gut there's a connection you know these things move us when people look at the ocean it takes their breath away when people look at mountains 
takes their breath away. When people look at crystals, can be big, can be small. It's that same experience of awe. And you've expressed that you like how much I get that. (laughs) So for me, it began as a child. I'm an old soul, and I'm a child at heart, and now I'm an elder. (laughs) And all those experiences are alive. It's like a three-ring circus inside me, you know? My old soul gets things. My child at heart gets things. And our intellect maybe is the last that gets it. I think we, I think we get it. Our brain's usually the last one to the party, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So going back to your question of how does somebody connect, how do they get started, depends where you are. Yeah. It might be that you're walking through a field and you stub your toe and you look down and it's a little piece of glimmering pyrite or something that you stub your toe on. And that opens up the world of stones to you. It may be that you walk into a shop like ours, you know, not knowing what you were walking into, and you're staring at a 500-pound amethyst geode with healing energy, and it just moves you in a way that you don't know how to necessarily translate that. You don't have to, you know. They are natural pieces of art. Yeah. They absolutely are. I love stones in their natural formation. I also love what artists do with them. I have friends that are jewelers and cut and polish stones and turn them into remarkable pieces of jewelry. And I know people that work with grids. And so there's lots of different ways you can experience stones. I'm sitting here just holding a piece of stone in my hand and I'm wearing them and I've got them in my pocket. And when I go home, I've got them wrapped around my home. You know, I walk through the door and I've got stone energy. A few years ago, I spoke locally and I said at one point, It was almost an unconscious thought that came out. I've got a room full of people I'm speaking in front of. And I said, you know, I think I could live without a lot of people, but not without a lot of stones. Then I turned around and I saw this room full of people who are all my friends. And I'm like, well, not (laughs) (laughs) y'all. Other people. (laughs) Why is that? I've never had an argument with a stone. I've never had a stone judge me. I've never had a stone tell me I was wrong. Stones are what they are. They know what they know. They speak clearly. They speak plainly. People can be much more confusing. Mm -hmm. And I love people, and I love humanity. Stones can teach us all a lot. It's weird how much that resonates. I remember I was back in Mexico in December, and I was there for a retreat. And at the beginning of the retreat, they gave everybody these little calcites to like hold on to as we were going through a transformative experience. Like we sat in the sweat lodge, we did all these really beautiful experiences. And I remember holding onto that stone like it was dear life. Forget the people there. They were amazing. I love them. And it was a beautiful experience. But having that stone in my pocket was, it was like, I, I couldn't separate from it. In fact, I ended up jumping into the water to go swimming and it fell out of my pocket and I remember being distraught like weirdly distraught over this calcite that I just didn't even know like I'd created this emotional bond with this stone there and then someone I think uh, one of the, the attendees at that event had mentioned that you know if you lose the stone that's good luck because it went back to where it came from and it went back to mother nature and it's a reminder of of, of just surrender and it was a beautiful experience. I, I learned something from something so simple, which is profound. And I want to talk about, because right now we're sitting in this beautiful room with so much culture and history and stones that, have, that, were, that were appreciated thousands of years ago. How does 
the knowing that these stones, like the knowing for you that these stones came from such rich culture and history actually match up with the energy that they naturally emit. So there is such profound history in the interrelationship culturally between people and stones. The pyramids. <laughs> just, just to think of something, you know. Not precious stones, just stones and humanity. And what has that story meant for thousands of years, right? We're sitting right now, for those who are listening, in our museum room. And our museum room is a multicultural experience with African, Native American, Tibetan, and Pacific Island cultural artifacts. The theme of the room is healing and children. And I have beads in the room. There's one tray of beads that I put together. There's three strands of beads. One strand is 6,000-year-old carnelian agate beads from the Tigris and Euphrates River Valley, the birthplace of civilization where the world is often at war. The Jewish calendar from that part of the world is 5,700 and maybe 67 years old. So here's ancient beads from the time and place of the beginning of Judaism. Next to them, there are some Roman glass beads from about the year zero. These are glass instead of stone, but these are ancient beads from the time and place of the beginning of Christianity when Jesus was on the planet. Next to them are some Islamic glass beads that are over 1,500 years old. So we have three strands of beads lying side by side by side. They represent three of the world's major religions. They are from the time and place of the formation of the religion when the prophet was walking the planet. This is profound world history. I've had people kneel in front of this tray of beads and just start crying, like tears pouring from their eyes, old souls who've traveled the world. And they said, what, what in the world am I looking at? Yeah. Because their soul was telling them some story that their brain could not interpret at that time. So again, going back to my upbringing as a kid in New Jersey, surrounded by native cultures, here we are half a century later, sitting in a museum room that honors that. And with everything that's been going on in our culture in the last, and our society in the last year or so, I really want to share this room from a cultural perspective because it celebrates our cousins of color and, our, and the cultures of color. And we share so many commonalities, and yet there's so many things that we think divide us, you know? Yeah. yeah. So in, the, in that vein, how does the story of the, like you knowing that this is an ancient piece of art match up with the actual energy of the beads for you? Well, I'm a student of all of this. Yeah. So I have been reading. It's one of the things I actually love about both sides of what we do, the beads and the crystals, because they are both ancient. And I've been working with beads since I was 15 and stones since I was seven. And I still read and study both of them almost every single day. Mm. I buy books. I do research. I meet people. <laughs> I take trips. They're profoundly interesting, deep interrelated fields. So there are times I sit with a piece and it speaks to me beyond what my mind knows. I've had all kinds of information. I channel also. So I've had all kinds of information come to me, come through me. Yeah. And that I don't create. I'm a conduit for it. And I 
honor that process. I'm grateful for that. I didn't realize I did that for the longest time. My wife actually pointed it out to me because I've been channeling for years different entities. I had asked, this goes back to our meditation conversation, I had asked at one time, I had had a recognition at one time that any knowledge and wisdom that existed in the history of this planet is available to me. Anything and everything. And then I said, well, that's a magnificent gift. So then the question is, how do you access it? So sometimes you meet people. Sometimes you read books. Sometimes you go to a library. Sometimes you get a job. But sometimes the universe just downloads information through you if you're open to it. And we can access a lot more, you know, these brains of ours. We utilize just a tiny portion of them. So, for instance, when I hear crystals, crystals emit a vibration, I pick them up like radio waves. I can hear them. Mm. So these things communicate with me deeply. Culturally, they communicate with me. The native traditions and the ancient traditions that these pieces hold are supposed to be shared. We're sitting in this museum room, and when we put this together, we had elders of Native American and African tribes come and bless us and pray and chant and smudge and bless. And I had both African and Native American elders tell me that I'm the shepherd of this flock, that this is a real honor and privilege that I hold. And I am very respectful of that. I have so many questions. One thing I'm really noticing and admiring in you, Phil, is how each piece, each stone inspires you. Like that's the energy that I feel, that that channel, that connection. It sparks an intuitive knowing, a hit, uh, a channel. It just sparks life inside. How have you allowed your, your, your body to be a deeper conduit for that inspired way of being? Like, are there things that you do daily? Are there, are there practices that have come from just being around stones for so long? Like if you just, it's, is it kind of like one of those, if you just throw yourself in there, you'll naturally get better. Like, what is the, is there a process to you actually allowing the things outside of you to create so much inspiration within you? Yeah. Meditation. We talked about that earlier. It's, yep. It really is that it's being present it's being whole. It's not allowing the mind to get in the way of the information. Your computer has a lot of information. And sometimes you sit down and have a conversation with your computer, but sometimes you don't. Sometimes the information is just sitting there, right? So stones communicate all the time. And I've been fortunate enough that this is a life force that is so thoroughly merged with mine that there is no separation. I can be in a city and I'm feeling stone energy. I can be in the middle of the desert and I'm feeling stone energy. It doesn't matter where I am. You know, you have crystals in your blood. You have crystals in your skin. Salt is crystals. Sugar is crystals. I mean, crystals are everywhere. And again, crystals go back to molecular growth and stability. And when you talk about inspiring, when I was listening to you say that, it struck me like music. You know, they all sing to me. You know, they all sing to me. They all talk to me. I hear, I hear a chorus of vibration from stones all the time. I think that's the, I, as you're saying that, I'm realizing it's a multi-sensory experience. Yeah. 
That's really what it is. Like when you use the, the, the computer, that was a beautiful example because it's something you can see with your eyes. So you're taking in that information, but this is information that's felt. It's that intuitive almost connection. So even as you're saying speak, it's not necessarily in the form of words. It's in the form of like a, a vibration emitted through a feeling, a thought, um, something that's just sparked within you through multi-sensory approaches, which is fascinating. Perfect expression. Yeah, absolutely. That was beautifully put because a lot of people, particularly first time, they look at it and it's an external experience and they it's see like, it. And I don't get it. It's a pink rock. I just right. don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. That's very foreign from the experience that I experience. Right. Right. So you have a stone in front of you right now. Mm-hmm. Why choose that stone for this conversation? Because I, I, I noticed you picked it up to bring it in. So why that? And walk me through how that stone graced this wonderful moment for us together. So in coming to meet with you today, I chose to put in my pocket and on my hands lapis. And lapis is a stone for truth and communication. So I thought that was perfect for what we were going to do. You're absolutely right. In coming in here, I have many, many of my personal stones out on my desk. And this is kunzite. It's a beautiful piece of kunzite. And kunzite is for divine love. It's a high spirit energy stone. There's like three stones that are real angelic and high spirit energy. And this is one of them, and it's a beautiful piece. So it just, the divine wanted to come in and be with us. And <laughs> I am so in awe. I, and I, I think that awe is a great word for just the experience that I'm, I have around you. I mean, ever since the first time I met you, like, it just, I feel this natural, playful awe and curiosity with every single stone. It's like, even if they're small, big, old, ancient, reverent, you approach every single piece with this, like, this playful curiosity. How has that attitude towards stones actually bled into all the other parts of your life? Because that's, that feels like a, a central philosophy and a principle for you. Well, that's the child at heart. Mm. So I knew when I was seven years old that I'm an old soul. Now I'm an elder and I know that I'm a child. <laughs> 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 and I think people take this life too seriously. Yeah. I live seriously. I'm serious about what I do, but I do it with joy. And there, reverence is the right word. There's just a reverence for the moment. There's a reverence for, okay, so this goes back to, this is deviating from our conversation, just a minute, but we're beings of light. We live in these vessels that we call bodies. We get up in the morning and we rush right past the fact that being able to open your eye and see out of this orb an effing miracle. <laughs> Being able to move your fingers to pick up and hold something is a miracle of engineering. Every single little bit of our bodies are astonishingly engineered. This is the vessel we've been given to walk through this world, <laughs> and people just take that for granted. So I'm profoundly impacted by the miracle that we are, I'm profoundly impacted by the experience 
of we get to be conscious, we get to be communicative with each other, we get uh, just, it's a profound experience this lifetime. Jean-Jacques Rousseau, people live lives of quiet desperation. Okay. <laughs> I suppose you can do that if you'd, li if you'd like to. <laughs> if okay. that's what you're choosing. All right. All right. <laughs> I'll get out of your way. <laughs> I have friends right now with everything that's going on politically. They're like so freaking riled up. And the question I keep asking them is, why does this bother you so much? <laughs> Why does it bother you so much? Do they live with you? Yeah. You know, do you have to get in the car with them today? <laughs> it's just a, an idea. We go back to the, the mind and the ideas, you know, well, so it's, it's, there's a, there's a semblance of, and I think that's, that's it. Like we were talking about the movie soul and the premise of the movie is really like, this guy is always talking about what he's meant to do. His purpose is to play music. Did it, did it, did purpose to play music, purpose to play music. But at the end of the day, the purpose is just to live and experience this life. Mm -hmm. And you summed it up so beautifully that that reverence, reverence is a beautiful word because I think reverence is a combination of respect and appreciation. So you're dancing with both, right? There's the seriousness and the respect that cultures bring in. And there's this appreciation that's lighter. That's more, that's more like grateful. A grateful heart is a, is a light heart and it feels very, open and loving and compassionate. And I think that you don't have to bring reverence into like reverence is an attitude. Reverence is a way of life. It's a, it's a, it's an operating philosophy. And I'm, and, and I just love, and it's, it's, it's so amazing. Like stones, like you've literally changed my life, Phil, in a very short period of time. Like I will see stones now where I will be in experiences where I will see just a simple little crystal I'll make it mean something for me. I will have a community. I will have an experience with that stone and carry it with me everywhere I go. Mm -hmm. In fact, I have a little citrine in my pocket right now. That's just with me. It's just being carried. That came from an experience I had with a dear friend a few weeks ago. And it has been with me and it's been in my heart and I feel the energy. And like, even for me, it's like, why not? <laughs> We're talking about stones here and crystals and beads, but like, why not just bring in that energy, that reverence, that lightness, that love, that invitation to be fully in every moment to everything. <sighs> it's wonderful. People, you know, people go to the ocean and they do that to get away and experience that. And people go to the mountains. And again, it's the earth. It's the earth energy. So I love when we were talking before about earthing. I don't have to go to the mountains. I carry the mountains in my pocket. Mm. You know, and I don't have to carry the mountain. <laughs> I can carry the essence of the mountain and the heart of the mountain and the soul of the mountain and the energy of the mountain. And I can carry that in a crystal. I can carry that in a small polished stone. There's something really profound in size not mattering. Mm -hmm. There's something really profound. Can you talk to that? Like for somebody who may traditionally think that I need a huge stone or a huge piece of jewelry or a huge thing instead of the tiny, maybe a speck of it or a, a nice small, small stone versus a big one. Like, like, can you speak to individuals who may be predisposed to one over another? Sure. Um, I have a very tiny little Herkimer diamond that I carry in my pocket when I'm carrying quartz crystals, clear stones. It's a very small crystal, but it's incredibly potent and powerful and pure. 
and beautiful, just absolutely gorgeous. And I was speaking to a group in Encinitas a few years ago, and I turned around and I, with my back to the audience, I said, does size matter? And all the women giggled. And then I turned around and in one hand I held this tiny little crystal and in the other hand I held a really big crystal, so big I could barely hold it in one hand. And I said to them, I said, seriously, this little crystal has more energetic presence than this big one does. So, so size is a factor. It is not the factor. There are many stones that are, you know, I'm very enamored with quality. So for me, I would rather have a smaller, better quality, more pure stone. Not necessarily, but I mean, that's where my preference lies. So does size matter? Yes and no. You know, there are, I have very, very large crystals in my home. I have very, very small crystals in my home. What's the intention? And as you're saying that, I'm actually being reminded that the size of a spirit doesn't matter. Like they're all expansive and infinite Mm -hmm. right so like you can even this is why you can you can see like a child Greta Thornburg let's use her an example this little girl has the spirit of just this magnanimous spirit that's shining through and you can feel it even if she's just a little she's a 12 year old girl like you can feel like small people having massive personalities that speak through and why not I mean like I feel like stones we were talking about this earlier, but like stones, like the way you communicate and describe stones have a lot of lessons in the way that human beings approach life. And you shared a really interesting perspective around point of view. Would you mind sharing that perspective for everyone listening? Because I thought that was really powerful. Sure. And I wanted, I want to do this visually online too. Uh, it struck me the other day, I was in my home and I was looking, I picked up a stone It's an absolutely beautiful stone. And if you look at both sides of it, it is two entirely different things. And if you looked at only one side of it, you would completely miss what was on the other side. And if you looked on the other side, you would completely miss. And so the, as a gemologist, as one who studied gems, I look into stones and I see the flaws and I see the depth and you, you look into it from different angles. So what was fascinating to me, what, came to me recently is that we're just approaching things really from such different points of view and we're not seeing the other side. And in not seeing the other side, we're losing a lot. Mm. Or if we're not losing a lot, we're not gaining what it has to offer. I don't usually just look at a stone from one angle. I will really examine this thing and I will look into its interior so mm-hmm. it's got an external dimension and it's got an internal dimension as as well. So stones do impart a lot of information to us and they do have a lot that they can teach us about humanity. As I said to you, they don't argue with me. I've never had an argument with a stone. It's never judged me. It's never made me wrong. And stones have never lied to me. They don't always reveal all of their truth to me, but they've never lied to me. Important distinction. Yeah. Important distinction. They may not reveal all of the truth because sometimes the truth needs to be discovered. Mm -hmm. The truth needs to be interpreted from one's own vantage point. And that is because the truth is a vantage point. Mm -hmm. It It is an interpretation of what is in front of you. And I think that's why it's so powerful what you're sharing. When you can use something as simple as a stone 
and recognize the many intricacies, the beauties that come from many different vantage points, you start to recognize that the truth is just a side. And until you examine every side of the truth, you're not experiencing the full and the wholeness of that truth. And there's something really important in that message for especially the times we're alive in right now, where there's so much noise, so many different, there's so many different conflicting ideas. There's, there's so much disarray because of everyone clinging to their version of the truth instead of recognizing that their version of the truth is one side of the wholeness of the whole. And in that there's just profound spiritual, emotional, mental awakening, if you would, that can exist when you lean into using whatever's in front of you as, as an opportunity to go deeper into the truth. I'll share with you when we're done with our conversation, I'll share with you a crystal that's just a perfect example of what we're discussing because you can look through every facet of this crystal and you see something different. Mm. And they are related, but they're not the same. Yeah. And if you were just looking at one, you just would miss a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for anybody listening who has never actually leaned into crystals the way that they are, how would you suggest that they enter and open up this world for themselves. If you've never interacted with crystals before, then you just need to open yourself up to that. And whether that's just an opening, like opening the door and literally walking outside and looking at the earth and seeing what's there, or coming to a crystal shop or going to a show or talking to somebody or picking up a book or reading something on the internet. It's basically just opening that door, just inviting them in because they're everywhere. They're on, they are the planet. They are our home. They are our friends. Really it's, it's being open to them, inviting them. And in my case, diving about as deep as you could possibly dive. Is there a, a resource or a book on crystals that you find helps you expand and learn about the different facets, the different truths that may exist inside the rocks? Sure. There's actually quite a lot of them. I have a huge library at home. I have a huge library here. I buy books all the time. A very good book is The Book of Stones by Robert Simmons. I have another book called The Encyclopedia of Healing Stones and Fragrances, And the book has a lot of information about individual stones and crystals, but what I use it for is in the back of the book, there are charts and they show body parts and symptoms and ailments and corresponding healing stones. So it's almost like a pharmacist's guide to medication from a, from a crystal standpoint. Can we, we need to talk about this because this is also very fascinating to me. Just the idea that crystals have healing properties. Can you just, well, maybe describe an example, an experience, how that is. And for anyone listening, this does not excuse you from leaning on medical and professional advice. So don't listen to this episode and then, you know, let go of everything. Uh, But I am curious to hear about how crystals can supplement or be part of a healing journey. A multiplicity of ways. So energetically... People can be suffering from cancer, can be suffering from all kinds of ailments, and they can go to the ocean and feel better. Mm. It may not cure them, but it will make them feel better. The dis-ease will be replaced by ease. (laughs) And that's us breathing and being with nature. So 
So first of all, stones, just by their presence, can create ease. They can calm the nervous system. They can just chill us energetically. Beyond that, a lot of medicines came from plants. And once we discovered the healing qualities and the curative qualities of plants, we then synthesized them in the laboratory into medications. So knowing that crystals, crystal is a structure, so then what's the chemical element of it? Is it salt? Is it sugar? Is it chromium? Is it, you know, what is the chemical makeup? So there are elements in stones that are utilized scientifically as, I mean, talc is a mineral. It's a very soft one. You don't see that crystallized. It's very, very soft. So you have elements, as I said, a multiplicity of ways that stones are conducive to healing. You know, just just the color vibration. Mm. You know, with a glance, color and vision can raise energy, excite energy, depress energy. So it's really four or five different levels of healing energy. How do they specifically speak to specific body parts, though? Same thing, multiplicity of ways. Chemically, vibrationally, right? There's certain vibration that's a lower vibration that may impact our physical bodies. There's other higher vibrations that may impact intellectually or spiritually, vibrationally. There are stones that are denser. There are stones that are higher vibration. So there's the color spectrum. I can't speak to enough. There's really a remarkable energetic presence in color that impacts our nervous system. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I like dressing in Hawaiian. (laughs) (laughs) Always bright. I can show you books on specific instances of healing principles and things like that. So there's general and there's specific. There are people that do profound healings with stones. And again, it's it's both physical and vibrational. It's both. There's a profound wisdom, right? We're sitting in a room filled with 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 cultures that revered these 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 stones beads and there's 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 certain threads that multiple civilizations have come to consensus on and so there there there's a profound wisdom to the healing properties of of stones and and plants even I'm really glad you brought that up just in in the anything that comes from mother nature as as a as a conduit for connecting with ourselves I'm uh I'm just fascinated with how far down the rabbit hole one can go with, with all of this, how far down the rabbit hole is, is practical and how much of it can like, I think I'm trying to have a a balance for, let's say somebody who, who wants to introduce stones and, and, and a more connected nature with crystals into their lives. Like, like, how far should they go? Like, I guess that's the best question. Like, you know, like, I mean, I'm like, <laughs> like it's just, a, it's a weird question, but even personally, like, I feel like I, yeah, it's just how, what, what's the, like the continued benefit of, of investing in a relationship with stones? How far down the rabbit hole can you go? I don't know because I've been going down this <laughs> rabbit hole for 
60 years. <sighs> and I'm still deep diving as fast and as deep and as hard as I can because it's just extraordinary. The journey is remarkable and it's as much fun or more than it's ever been. So yes. deep dive is great. <laughs> But as you experienced the other day, a shallow dive with one little piece of stone in your pocket. You know, I love when we have little children come into this store because that was where I started. I had a little boy in here the other day and I walked up to him. I wasn't helping him. And he was with his mom. And then I just started talking to him and I gifted him with a little piece of stone. He was four years old and it just, just touched my heart because here's a little child, yeah. you know, being open to it. And, and it'll be with him his whole life. Whether he knows it or not, mm. whether he know that little child, whether he knows it or not, will be influenced by stones his whole life in one way, shape, or form. If they're speaking to him now, and sometimes people grow up and they get to be adults and they go on with their lives and their jobs and they forget that they were children once upon a time and they forget that they were walking the earth and they forget and they forget and they forget and then they get into clothes and they get into cars and they get into buildings and they close themselves off from this. Well, it's the remembrance that I think is so valuable being introduced to this even now. If you're listening to this podcast, it's you're being reminded that you come from Earth. You're being reminded that all of these these crystals and plants and all of their properties, their energies are actually things that you have inside of you as well. And it's this profound connection that I feel like humanity right now is forgetting like as a collective, we have forgotten that we come from Mother Earth. We come from this home. And that's what I, I think I admire most about you. I, I really do see uh, an individual who, a soul who has, who has such a remembrance and consistently remembers in every moment. I think you were speaking before this, we were talking about how with every breath, it's like a, a return back to what is. That's the meditative practice. And to what is, is that we come from earth. What is, is that this life is a gift. What is, all there is, is what we experience in this moment. And we can get caught up in, oh, I should have done this. So I could have had all this time to do that. Why haven't I done this already? And when we just return back to that childlike curiosity of, of falling in love with what's in front of us, we give ourselves that gift of remembering the profound and ultimate truth that we are all one. And before we started this conversation, you and I were talking about Ramdas and be here now. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's it. It's being present. I, you know, it's, that's what fascinates me most about conversations like these. I always come in with an intention. We're going to talk about crystals. We're going to talk about, you know, this, we're going to talk about this thing and never does it ever stick to that, that topic. Cause it's, Everything in life is a conduit to the same realizations. It's all connecting us back to this deeper power, this deeper spiritual experience of life where we are souls living inside of a human body. And when I think about that idea of souls living inside of a human body and all we're here to do is experience life and experience it fully and experience it from as many different angles as possible and not attach ourselves to the experience. It's just experiencing it for what is. And that to me is something that I forget <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Do you forget even with all the stones and all of the intention that you infuse into your life? Do you forget just the preciousness? Like, have you had lots of experiences in your life where you stray away from your path? And if you do, like what has brought you back? 
Do I forget? Of course I do. Yeah. As you and I were talking, my experience of meditation has been such that my desire is not to go to meditation. My desire is to be in meditation and come from meditation. That's my desire. So my focus is almost always internal and to connect on an every breath basis to that consciousness of why I'm here. And of course I fail in that, but that's my focus. And when you were talking just a few moments ago, just about life and people's experience, it sounds so simple, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, we're children. We're born into these remarkable bodies. We're given these vessels. We're given time. We don't know how much. We're given this earth. And then we're supposed to play and laugh and love. And then what you were saying, people lose focus. And they grow up and they get involved in stuff. So... You know, that must be as a child to enter the kingdom of heaven. That's where I live. I've always believed that. I've, I've actually experienced that for the longest time. Heaven and hell is not where you go. It's where you are. Mm, wow. That's profound. I'm sorry that a lot of people are living in hell right now. It's not a place I choose to visit very often. I love, oh, it's so good, Phil. It's so, so it brings us back to presence, truth. Where you're at right now is you're in it how you choose to experience it is is in your conscious control such an important reminder and again such a simple one that we forget everything i forget is is my mind trying to take me to the future or replay the past but it's just consistent every single time i even catch myself doing that i realize i'm doing it in the present moment i'm creating hell in the present moment that's so interesting that you just said that, because if you think about learning, if you think about reading a book, you're on this page. Mm-hmm. And you, if you've been present in the, few, in the previous pages, you know what's there. Yeah. And you can't go to the next pages yet, no. because it's not time. <laughs> it's not time. Right? So it's like, read your story. Either read your story or write your story, you know, and be present in it. You know, what kind of a character do you want to be? Phil, why are you so passionate about helping others connect with crystals and learn about crystals and inspiring the journey? Because I remember even the first time we met, I mean, you spent almost three hours with me and my brother walking us through a collection of stones. You brought us into this beautiful room. You spent time with us. I mean, there was a, a passion for education that I just was so inspired by. Why are you so passionate about this? I love what I do. Love sharing it with people. And again, that must be as a child. So I get to play. My work is play, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I get to play. I took the time with you because you asked. Mm -hmm. When I invite people to work with us, One of the things I look at, we have people who work with us who are gemologists, who've worked with stones, who are creative and this and that. But one of the things I look for is an attitude of service. Service is different than work. Mm, Say it again, Phil. Wow. You know, many people labor. When you do service, you don't labor. You know, when, when you give from your heart and 
you're guided to do so, it's effortless. It's not work. So when I'm inviting people to come and work with us, one of the things I look at and I try to impart with them is an attitude of service. And I also think to myself, okay, if my mother came in the store and was having a bad day, who would I want to help my mom? Right? Who would I want to be kind and gentle and caring? My mom came in on a good day, she'd have everybody in stitches. But that's what I think about, you know, when we're working with people. So what we do is love. What we do is, is literally an expression of our love and our joy. To have a business created from love is extraordinary to me. It's, you know, it's not commerce. Here I am, again, thinking this is going to be a conversation about crystals. And all the crystals did was actually create a container for us to have the real conversation, which was the reminder that love is all there is. Being kind is the greatest service you can give the world. And when you are truly coming from that place where you're, and you're creating from that place of love and service, by the way, it is raining really hard where we're at. So we're, we're just love the timing of it all. I'm like delivering this, like the cosmic joke. It's just like delivering something so profound, so serious and it's raining and it's all part of this lovely experience of life. But just the reminder that it doesn't matter what is your vocation, what is your passion, what is the thing that lights you up at the end of the day, why you do what you do is to serve and to pass that on to others in the most beautiful of ways. And um, Phil, I'm inspired by you. I said this to you the first time we met, and I'll say it again. I, I'm just so grateful to know that there are, are beings like you who are, are so on their own journey to wholeness and they, they embrace the full spectrum. And through that journey, you give so much to others. Um, and I've just experienced so much in the short period of time that I have spent with you. And I just want to really honor you and thank you for, um, one, allowing me into your space, into, your, in, into a place that you hold so much reverence for and for allowing me to also experience that reverence with you has been such a gift. So I just want to honor and thank you for that. Great joy. Thank you so much. Phil, so if anybody did want to reach out, say thank you, be a part of, of your energy, how would they do that? I know you have your store in Vista, so if you're in the San Diego area, if you're in the area, please come visit. I mean, I cannot tell you the... I mean, I, I mean I, it's, it, is a, it is an absolute privilege to be here and to experience the store. So if you're in that area, please come through. But how else can somebody get in touch, say hi, thank you, all of it? So I'm on Facebook, okay. Phil Fishman, F-I-S-C-H-M-A-N, and Beads, Crystals, and More is our shop, and we have a shop page on Facebook as well. And um, we are in Vista, California. It was a joy. You got referred to us by a mutual friend, uh, and we're very appreciative, so... It's lovely. We've, we've actually reached, through this store, hundreds of thousands of people mm. over the past almost 24 years. And that hit me a couple of years ago. 
that's a real profound wave of humanity that's spread out all over the world with light and love and joy and connection. And I was actually sharing with another friend of mine named Raj, and I said to him that I had not figured out how to make as big an impact in the world as I wanted to. I'm still working on it. And he said to me, don't sell yourself short. What you've done is pretty exceptional. And and I do appreciate and you know I I don't look at it from that you know I try not to look at it from an ego point of view but the fact that we've done work good work for a long time and been true to it we've really touched a lot of people and it's spread and um, I've had people I had one I had one man come back into the store from Australia and he walked through the store and he came back and he said you probably don't remember me but Many years ago, I came into the store and he said, I walked up to him and I connected with him on what stone he needed and I handed him a piece of stone. And he said, why are you giving me this? And I said, because the stone wanted to be with you. And I asked nothing of him and he left. And years later, he came back into my store and he said, I still have that stone. He said, that has so touched me. That's been with me ever since. And he then had a little boy and he started talking to his little boy about goodness and giving and generosity and things like this. So just these little things that we do spread. Sometimes if all we did was breathe, it's a good day. (laughs) And in breathing and in being to just then share, you know, a moment of joy with somebody, a hug, a look, you know, a touch. There's so much richness that can be shared in, you know, and that's, that's why we're here. And I just want to echo what your friend Raj said. Those hundreds of thousands of physical beings that you had a chance to physically influence or impact, they're adorning their stones. They're carrying that energy. That energy is influencing the way that they show up in the world, the joy that they bring to others, whether it's by physically actually referencing the stone or the stone just speaking through them. So the impact that you've likely had is incalculable and so mountainous and and momentous that it it cannot be comprehended because of the ripple effect of just that. So I just really want to echo that and honor that because it's really easy to get caught up in, oh, I haven't done enough. It's really easy to say, oh, I haven't, del- I haven't, I, my, I didn't do what I was meant to do. And I think the biggest gift we can give as sovereign beings is who we are. And I feel that from you. Um, anybody who interacts with me moving forward will, f- will have your influence. Right. And so there's a ripple impact that I just, I just really want to honor for you. Cause I, I think that's, that's a really beautiful thing that you get to, you get to own. Because that's what you've done over the last 24 years. You got it, man. Um, so anybody listening, we will make the links to uh, Phil's store and his Facebook page um, in the show notes. So please reach out to him if anything we spoke about touched you. Phil, I got one last question for you. In the midst of everything you're doing, everywhere you're going and everywhere you are, how do you stay grounded? I'm blessed to be married <laughs> to an extraordinary woman. When we first met, she was finishing her doctoral education in psychology, and she went to a woman 
who was a channeler, and she had had this very profound experience, and she asked me if I wanted to come with her, and I said, sure, because I just wanted to be with her. And when I walked in, and my wife had had multiple sessions with this woman already, and the woman looked at me, and she looked deep into my eyes, and she said, where do we know each other from? And I said, we've never met. And she said, no, no, we know each other. And we just, clearly our souls knew each other. And I really did not want to be there except to be supportive of Valerie. And this woman kept paying more attention to me (laughs) than I really wanted because we had this very deep connection. And she turned to my wife and she said, he's a light being, he travels at the speed of light, but he won't leave you. Just hold his little toe or his little finger to ground him. Just connect him to the planet a little bit. So how I stay grounded are my crystals. (laughs) Are my crystals, because I really am, I'm, I'm a light being. So the crystals really keep me grounded. Gosh, I can't wait to just... I just love you. <laughs> I just love you. <laughs> Phil, um, thank you again for taking the time to be with me as well as everyone listening. But everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your new friend, Phil. And from us, stay grounded. Chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.